From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, this is Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Injury Insider is presented by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs. Boy, that voice sounds familiar on that open. <laughs> Hello and welcome everybody to Injury Insider with Derek Hayes on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And this show will answer legal questions and debunk personal injury myths with insight and expertise for 25 years my friend Derek Hayes here has exclusively represented injured parties in Georgia, and now he's like to put that knowledge to work for you. I'm Mike Salmon, sitting in for Lita Brooks, and it's my pleasure to introduce, she says the star of the show, I'm going to say the man of the hour, Mr. Derek Hayes. <laughs> hey there, Derek. Well, hey, I appreciate that. Wow, it's a professional announcer voice. That's inspiring. Yeah, but I'm not as pretty to look at as your normal co-host. Well, I, right? th that I will agree with. Yes. Absolutely. Now, before we get begin, Derek, a quick reminder that Injury Insider is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. All right, before we even get started, the reason I'm here is because apparently, is, is it Lita's under the weather or maybe one of her children? Uh, there's under a the child weather. under the weather. Okay. So Lita's at home taking care of the child. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it today, so we have you as a stand-in. It's really odd because this is the first show I've done without her either hosting or initially she was co-hosting with Stephen Julian. And so now it's just you. What happens if it goes so well? And you may say, you're never well, going to say, Lita, I don't know if I need you anymore. Uh, that, that'll never happen. No, 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 no. I have to live and I have to live in the same house and under the same roof. And so ultimately, no, no, there is a contract in place. It's not written. It's just, it's the, um, honey, I will not give up my spot to, to be the host of your show. And my answer is yes, dear. You may, well, you're a smart man. You're a smart attorney. You guys make a great couple, and you make great co-hosts. So let's get to the topic of today's show, and I understand that today you want to dedicate the show to answering some more of your listeners' questions. I know you've done this before, and I know we've learned a lot from these prior shows. I mean, I personally have really enjoyed the show. I've learned a lot, so I'm looking forward to the questions today. I think you might want to... Uh, uh, set up the parameters before we answer these specific questions, though. Yeah, and I've had a great response through my website, also through my Facebook uh, page, the Injury Insider with Derek Hayes page on Facebook. People submit questions frequently. Many of them are repeat questions, and some of those I just simply send them back to prior podcast to let them go back and hopefully listen and get the answers to that, what they wanted to know. Uh, but I've had a lot. And so with that being said, I do want to address some of those today. And as you said, the parameters, none of these answers can be considered specific legal advice. If you have a very specific question, I strongly encourage you to call my office. The initial consulta consultation is always free, and I'd be happy to discuss it with you. And of course, if there's anything there that I can help you with, I'll be happy to pursue that for you. I am going to answer these questions in general terms. Uh, but again, please, if you have a more specific question, call me, uh, send me a message through Facebook, come by my office. It will cost you absolutely nothing. Again, the, the initial consultation is always free, and I'm happy to speak with you. 
All right, so let's get started with some of the questions. And I, you, you told me before the show, you kind of want to set up the first question. Yeah, I do. This came from a conversation with a friend in the neighborhood. We were out uh, on Sunday evening just uh, hanging out in our cul-de-sac and enjoying the, the nice evening. And he had a very specific question about something going on currently with, with him. Uh, his name's Tim. I'm not going to go any farther than that. But he's dealing with a property damage dilemma in a car wreck that occurred here in Metro Atlanta on one of the interstates. Um I won't mention the insurance company by name, but let's just say that state appears in that name. And uh, there are a couple options, actually a few options that would be, but nonetheless, it's it's one of the very prominent, very large right. insurance companies. And you can imply what you want to with that. But it, it has to do with a uh, problem that that's really more common than you would think. It, it's what we refer to as the mystery vehicle or the ghost vehicle defense that insurance companies use. And to kind of give you a quick background as to what happened, I'm going to read directly from the remarks section of his police report where the officer wrote up uh, what he learned there at the scene. And when I say vehicle number one, this is the at-fault vehicle. When I say vehicle number two, this is my friend Tim. So vehicle number one and two were traveling west on I-20. Vehicle two, again, that would be Tim, was traveling in the first lane from the median. Vehicle one, the at-fault vehicle, was traveling in the second lane uh, from the median. Driver number one made an improper lane change while following too closely and struck the trailer in tow by vehicle number two. The front of vehicle number one traveled onto the trailer of vehicle number two and struck a vehicle that was on the trailer. The vehicle... Um, on vehicle number two's trailer was damaged and the trailer of vehicle number two was damaged. The area of impact was said to be in the left travel lane of I-20 West. Then it goes on to say driver number one, who was what we view as the at-fault driver, stated, and they quoted here, a vehicle in the right travel lane began to merge into his lane and he made an evasive maneuver to the left and struck vehicle number two. So I read that verbatim, but to kind of set the scene, it's it's two cars traveling side by side. The My friend, who's a little bit farther ahead of, of the other vehicles in the left lane and the other vehicles in the right lane. And so the guy in the right lane decides to make a quick change into that left lane, I assume not realizing that Tim was towing a trailer. And when he merged and, and when he uh, made that lane change, he wound up going up onto the trailer and striking a vehicle that Tim was towing on the back of that trailer. So that's what caused the wreck. It caused damage to, as it said, the, the trailer itself, as well as the vehicle that was in tow. Uh, thankfully, uh, Tim survived without any injuries at all, which is great. You know, obviously, that, that's a, a blessing in and of itself. But the defense came in when the uh, at-fault driver, that vehicle number one, claimed that a mystery vehicle illegally or improperly tried to merge into their lane, which forced them to make that evasive maneuver and wind up striking Tim's vehicle. So that's what we refer to as the mystery vehicle or the ghost vehicle. So in Georgia, and again, I'm talking specifically about Georgia because that's where we are. And every state has a law regarding this. Most states are very similar to Georgia. But in Georgia, there are only two ways to prove the existence of that mystery or ghost vehicle. One is for that vehicle to actually have physical contact with the other vehicle. So in other words, if that vehicle that was changing lanes improperly truly hit vehicle number one, you're going to see a transfer of paint. You're going to see some uh, you know, dent or damage from where that impact actually occurred. The second way to prove the existence, and the only other way to prove the existence of that mystery vehicle, is to have what we call an independent eyewitness. Now, an independent eyewitness would not be someone in vehicle number one as a passenger, or even somebody in vehicle number two. It would be somebody who happened to be at the exact same spot on the road and stopped and said, yeah, I saw that red car, that 
uh, black car, whatever swerve, and, and uh, I saw this car trying to avoid it, and that's how they hit the trailer. But in this situation, on the police report, there is no reference to any physical contact by the mystery vehicle into the vehicle that, that wound up hitting Tim, nor are there any eyewitnesses listed on the police report. So in reality, the insurance company is making a ghost vehicle defense or mystery vehicle defense to avoid having to pay the property damage, not only sustained to the trailer, but also the vehicle that was in tow. Now, the reason why we have that uh, standard where you have to either have physical contact or an independent eyewitness is, is it's a good reason, and that is because it eliminates fraudulent claims. If somebody is driving down the road and they fall asleep and lose control and go off the road or they uh, swerve to avoid an animal or uh, they're traveling too fast and it's raining and they wind up hydroplaning and going off the road, it, it, it prevents that same person from saying, well, a mystery vehicle pulled out in front of me. Again, those situations, if you fall asleep, you're not going to have physical contact. And if you don't have an independent eyewitness about that other vehicle, then you truly have no claim. So insurance companies are contractually obligated to defend their insured, even if they don't believe a word the person's telling them. So think about that. If, if this person who claims the mystery vehicle was there. Now, remember, too, this was uh, a very busy interstate. This is I-20 in Metro Atlanta. It was a Friday afternoon around 540, so there likely was traffic there. It's an area of I-20 that's not quite as heavily traveled. But nonetheless, um, it's uh, the obligation of the insurance company, even if they don't believe what their insured is telling them, to at least defend them, to say, you know, we want to talk to our insured, find out what their story is, and the fact that that person told the officer at the scene in that moment that a vehicle had tried to change lanes in front of them, and that's why they swerved, that's going to be the basis for the insurance company to deny the property damage claim for Tim. Again, the trailer as well as the vehicle he was towing. So there are other issues to think about when you talk about this, and that is UM coverage. Now, in prior podcasts, I've gone in great detail about what UM and UIM stands for. UM is uninsured motorist. UIM is underinsured motorist. Uninsured motorist, of course, it applies when there's no insurance for the at-fault driver or in cases like this where we have a mystery or a ghost vehicle. UIM applies when it's an underinsured person, meaning that the person that caused the wreck actually had insurance, but they didn't have enough insurance. So this would purely be a UM claim. Well, the problem is, unfortunately, Tim does not have UM coverage. So therefore, Tim has no route to take with uh, getting the property damage claim resolved for either the trailer or the car he was towing because there's no UM coverage on his policy. So again, the other insurance company saying that the mystery vehicle caused their insured to swerve and, and therefore hit his vehicle prevents them from having the liability, and that's why they're refusing to pay. And without that UM coverage, unfortunately, he really doesn't have much of a, a route to take when it comes to insurance, at least not right away. So he asked about collision coverage, kind of talking to this or talking about this. Collision coverage doesn't apply in these situations. Collision coverage, as we've talked about before, is when you uh, have, um, say, for example, a flying object off the roadway, vandalism, fire, theft. Uh, a natural disaster, things like that that cause the damage, then that's, uh, we refer to them sometimes even as acts of God, hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, hell damage. That's where collision coverage comes into play. Um, he also asked about traffic cameras. So in, in most areas on the interstates here in Metro Atlanta, there are at least cameras that are there. Mm -hmm. The problem is many of those aren't maintained. Either they don't work anymore, they were installed and worked for a period of time and stopped, or 
they no longer record. They simply are live feeds and nobody has any access to record the video. So unless somebody's watching at that exact moment that would come in and testify as to what they saw, there is no way to utilize that traffic camera to prove the, the, the existence of that mystery vehicle. Uh, another thing that you can think about, which we're starting to see a lot of people do, and that is dash cams. Dash cams now are very affordable and you can find them all over the place. Uh, but they, they are very helpful. I've had a few clients that have come to me that had dash cam video of their wreck because they actually had a dash cam on the front as well as the back of their vehicle. So I had one client who got rear-ended and had the whole thing on camera, and then the lady tried to flee after she hit him, and so mm. she pulled in front of him, and his dash cam on the front caught her tag number, uh, the, the description of her vehicle, everything necessary to track her down. And, and one last point, too. If you're at the scene of a wreck like this, and there are people that stop to help out, ask them if they saw what happened. Ask them if they uh, were able to watch, uh, you know, again, the, whether or not the, the mystery vehicle existed, and, and see if you can get their name and their phone number so later on you can reach out to them and talk to them. Wow. I'm just uh, feeling bad for Tim then. Sounds yeah. like he's caught between a rock and a hard place and doesn't seem fair because as far as you know, the, the at-fall driver could be making up the story. And that's the problem. So, Tim, you know, we, we talked for quite some time about this, and there are options for him to, to take, things that he can do, one of which would be filing in, in small claims court, in what we call magistrate court. You don't have to be an attorney to file there. And the reality is to pay an attorney to pursue this claim on his behalf is going to cost him money and potentially more money than it would be to simply fix his trailer and the car that got hit. Hmm. But if he filed in magistrate court, it's going to be the burden, and that's the word to use, the burden on the insurance company who's going to defend their driver to prove the existence of that mystery vehicle or to prove that there was physical contact. And at least according to the police report, there was no physical contact, so they won't be able to meet that burden between the mystery vehicle and that vehicle, nor was there a witness listed on the police report. So ultimately, if he filed in magistrate court, the other side may not be able to meet their burden of proof, and the judge may order them to actually go and, and pay the property damage. Well, as you said, there's the costs involved with that. There's yeah. time that it takes time for all that. What happens then if you get your car fixed by your own insurance company, and and then the other person's insurance company finally does accept liability? And that does happen uh, because they're allowed to investigate the claim. As I said, they'll speak to their insured to get their version of the facts. Uh, they'll go out and take uh, photographs of the scene. They'll go out during the same time of the day and look at the position of the sun, whether or not there are uh, maybe trees that block a stop sign, those kind of things. So they're allowed to do their own investigation. And during the time the investigation is ongoing, they do not have to fix your car. Uh, and sometimes they're not even going to provide a rental car during that, that investigation phase. So it's not uncommon to have your own insurance company fix your car through your collision coverage, potentially, or your UM coverage, depending on the circumstance. But your company will do something known as a subrogation claim back against the at-fault driver's insurance company, which is simply a way of getting reimbursed for what amount of money they had to pay to fix your car. Uh, that can even go as far as an arbitration. There are arbitration situations where both parties will present their facts. Both, When I say both parties, I mean both insurance companies. And an arbitrator or an arbitration panel will determine whether or not the at-fault driver's insurance company will have to reimburse your insurance company or not. 
Um, but as part of that, if, for example, you fix your car through your collision coverage or through your UM coverage, you're going to have a deductible. The de- deductible may be as low as $250. It could be as high as $1,000, maybe even more, depending on your policy. So when your company gets that reimbursement, they'll also get the reimbursement for your deductible, and they'll send you a check. Now, the problem is you got to wait on that. You not only have to spend your money up front to get your car fixed, but you're going to have to wait till that, that reimbursement check comes. And you know, coming out of pocket for, say, $250, $1,000 can be a big burden, especially after you've been injured in a car wreck and you're missing time from work. Sometimes insurance companies will fix your car under what's known as a reservation of rights. That simply means that they'll go ahead and pay for the property damage, and then they'll reserve the right to come back later on if they decide they're not at fault to deny your injury claim. Now, they're not going to seek reimbursement for the property damage because they've already paid it, but they do reserve the right to deny the injury claim. So at least in Georgia, property damage claims and personal injury claims are separate. Mm -hmm. One can be settled without affecting the other. One can be settled before the other. So if you settle your property damage claim with the at-fault driver's insurance company, and then later on they determine the policy had canceled, the driver was not covered, or for some reason they think they didn't cause the wreck, well, then they have reserved the right to deny the injury claim. And you'll have to fight a battle on that part. All right, Derek, before we wrap up and go to the next question, i got to ask you, where's uh, what's the status of Tim's situation? Well, Tim's battle's new. This was only Friday of last week. Oh, okay. So he, he's got a, a, a new potential long battle on his hands. But uh, I, I think that he's on the right track and can hopefully, at least through magistrate court, force them to produce evidence of the mystery vehicle, whether it's that, that contact or the independent eyewitness. But then again, too, we still have the court's problem here in georgia and many other states our courts are still shut down and so unfortunately we don't know exactly how long it's going to be before tim gets a chance to to try the case if he does go that route man which means also too that's that much longer the insurance company can keep that money in their bank account yeah (laughs) well that yeah that too (laughs) man we just need to say a prayer for tim right now (laughs) exactly all right let me ask you the next question which comes through your website it's from mark in buford and Mark wants to know, what do I do if the person that caused my wreck was driving a stolen car? The insurance company for the car that hit me is refusing to pay for my medical bills, and I don't understand how they can avoid paying me. Wow. I, again, like, well, like we feel for Tim, I feel for Mark. This that, happened to me when I was a teenager. Really? I was you hit, got hit by a stolen car? My car was totaled. It was a guy had stolen the car, and he, uh, the car, of course, was disabled on the side of the road. By the time the police got there, he had really hightailed it he had run off so you don't go by mark and you don't live in buford but it's the same yeah exactly wow well so mark i appreciate the question and and as i said from the beginning don't consider this to be specific legal advice Uh, i want you to call my office if you want a little more and we can talk for sure about what's going on with yours but kind of in general terms insurance companies do not cover criminal or intentional acts insurance coverage is there for the phrase is accident, but for something that was not intended to happen. Nobody wakes up, well, at least I hope not, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I can't go out, wait to go out there and cause a wreck and hurt somebody. That's not an intentional act. Whereas stealing a car and trying to flee from the police is an intentional act. So a stolen car, even though the car itself may have insurance, that insurance coverage is not going to be responsible for what happened. That is what we call a non-permissive user, and I'll talk more about that in a second. So Again, a stolen car, the insurance company, because it's a criminal act, will not pay for that. Likewise, 
if you're walking down the side of the road and you've had an argument with your neighbor and that neighbor sees you and they swerve off the road to hit you intentionally because they want to hurt you, well, guess what? That insurance coverage is not going to pay for that either because that was an intentional act. Uh, many times, especially in big cities, and, and Atlanta's one of those, we have road road rage issues. <laughs> and that's an intentional act. Sure so do. yet again, something that, that insurance companies will not cover. But I, I mentioned permissible and un- impermissible drivers. Now let me explain what that is. So in Georgia, a permissive driver would be someone who has the permission to drive your vehicle. Obviously, you have permission to drive your own vehicle, but anyone in your household, potentially, anyone that's a friend or coworker, uh, you need them to run to the store and you give them the keys. Well, that's a permissive use. You've given them the ability and the authority to drive your vehicle. An impermissible use would be someone, like I said, who stole your vehicle. You didn't give that person permission to steal your vehicle and drive it. Now, there are two kinds of uh, impermissive drivers. One is an implied, the other is an expressed. <coughs> now, an implied would be someone who, um, again, stole your vehicle. It's implied that they did not have the authority to drive that vehicle. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I have a bad habit, I guess you'd say, of tossing my keys on my desk when I get to the office. I'm not worried about anybody I work with walking by and grabbing my keys and driving away. But if somebody came in my office and they saw the keys and they picked them up and took off to the parking lot and drove away with my vehicle and I did not know that they did it, nor did I give them permission, well, that's an implied impermissible use. I did not you know, give them any authority to drive it. Now, that's, that's when it can be excluded. That driver can be excluded from the coverage of the insurance company. The other is an expressed uh, exclusion. So if in my policy, let's say, for example, I'm a college kid and I go to insure my vehicle, and one of the questions they'll ask me is, uh, list all the drivers that live in your house. Well, if I'm renting a house or an apartment and I have three or four roommates and I list their names and their date of birth and, and their information, and my agent does a, a quick search and finds out one of my roommates had three or four DUIs, number one, I'm upset at the fact that I've got that guy as my roommate, but the insurance company's going to say, we'll insure everybody there with the exception of John Doe. That guy's got three or four DUIs. We're going to put in the policy his name. He is not covered under your policy. Well, that's an expressed exclusion because by name he is listed as someone not covered. Um, so those are times when an insurance company can deny that they cover either the vehicle or the driver. Kind of got off on the, the, that as a tangent, but I want to get back on the stolen vehicle aspect of this. So because the person stole that vehicle that caused that wreck, uh, unfortunately, that insurance company does not have to pay your claim at all. That's the importance of carrying uninsured motorist coverage. Uh, in one of the other shows, I talked about stats here in Georgia. It's 12.7% of cars that are Georgia cars are uninsured. You, you throw in cars that are traveling through the state of Georgia, that number goes up tremendously. Uh, so an uninsured car would also include a stolen car. Um, your property damage claim and your personal injury claim are going to have to be handled through your own insurance coverage. Again, assuming you have uninsured motorist. Like I said a while ago, you're going to have a deductible for your property damage claim. Since that car was stolen, you're not going to get reimbursed for that deductible. So you're going to be out you know, $250,000, $500,000, whatever your deductible is. Um, there is, in some cases, a potential police negligence issue. If that chase should not have happened, there are times when they exceed their authority. That's one of those things that, again, I, I don't want to go in specific detail, but uh, if you want to call my office, Mark, I'll be happy to talk to you more about that aspect of it and see if there's anything there. But, um, you know, again, just in general terms, unfortunately, a stolen vehicle is not covered. But if you have uninsured, if you have 
uninsured motorist insurance. That's your route to get your claim. That will cover you. Correct. Your property damage and your injury claim. So if my car is just parked alongside the street and there's a chase or somebody's trying to get away from the police or something and they hit my parked car, I'm not even in it. Uh, My only recourse is really uninsured. Correct. Well, collision. To, okay. okay. Remember, we kind of talked about yes. sometimes where that would come in, and and I mentioned collision being acts of God. Actually, that's comprehensive. Um, you know, I, I kind of got away from my notes there for a minute, but comprehensive is where you talk about acts of God. Collision would be if your car stopped on the side or parked on the side of the road at night, and someone comes along and they hit your car and they damage your car, or in the case of uh, you know parking lot, a grocery store, something like that, and a cart hits your car, somebody backs into it. Well, that's a collision claim as well. Uh, so is uninsured motorist, th- that's not required in the state of Georgia? Not in Georgia. Hmm. Some states do require. Okay. Georgia, you're only required to carry minimum uh, liability coverage at 25000 per person, 50000 per occurrence. But that's it. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next question. A reminder, you're listening to Injury Insider with attorney Derek Hayes. And the next question was also submitted through your website, which is, by the way, DerekMHayes.com. It's D-E-R-E-K. The letter M is in Matthew, and Hayes is H-A-Y-S. So DerekMHayes.com. All right. This one is based on one of the latest shows that you did regarding car insurance rates. Uh, I think you talked about why car insurance rates are so high, especially in Georgia. In that, Georgia, right. That was a good one. Yeah. I think most people want to know the answer to this one. It's from Leslie in Roswell. If someone else causes a wreck with me and they don't have insurance, doesn't it cause my rates to go up if my insurance company has to end up paying the claim? Well, this is one of those attorney answers that we're known to give. Wait, I, I know from listening to your show, it depends. It depends. It depends. <laughs> right. One of those vague answers, but the, the reality is there uh, that answer can go many ways. And so uh, to, to go back to the core of the question, so... The wreck is caused by somebody else. You're having to go through your own insurance company to get your claim satisfied, whether it's your property damage, your personal injury, or both. And the question is, will my rates go up? The answer is very simple. Not necessarily. It it depends in the sense that um, rates are based on risk. That's how they base rates typically with insurance coverage. So the greater your risk factors, the higher your rates. I mentioned this before in another podcast. If you're a, say, a 16, 17-year-old boy, because boys are higher than girls, and and you uh, are driving a convertible souped-up sports car, the insurance rates are going to be astronomical. On the other hand, if you're a mom or a dad, uh, say, mid-40s, late 30s, somewhere in that range, you've never had a wreck, never had a ticket, you're driving a very basic sedan or maybe a minivan, your rate's going to be relatively low because you're not considered to be a high risk. So with that being said, if the wreck is caused by someone else, it was clearly not your fault, that's not going to elevate your risk factors because, again, you've done nothing wrong. And by definition, a UM or a UIM, uninsured or underinsured motorist claims, means you've done nothing wrong also. You've not caused the wreck. Uh, you, you weren't the one that ran a red light or anything like that. So that in and of itself should not raise your rates. Now, if you have multiple wrecks in a very short period of time, well, you can expect your rates to go up, even if none of those were your fault, because for some reason you're you just have, you just have bad, it, right? bad karma. Yeah, that the insurance the, company's like you got bad karma. Yeah, bad uh, bullseye on the back of your car, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and other moving violations, you know, if you've got speeding tickets, uh, running a red light, uh, failure to yield, those kind of things. Even though there may not have been a wreck involved, those are also going to elevate your your uh, risk factors and your rates will go up. I do want to throw in again. We talked about this in the prior podcast, and I think that's what Leslie was referring to. In Georgia, our insurance commissioner does not regulate the increase of rates in in uh, car insurance um, companies. So 
Ultimately, car insurance companies here can raise rates for many, many reasons, but it should typically be limited to your risk factors. Okay. Well, again, it goes back to what you said to answer to begin that answer, and that is it depends. Right. And just another reason really to have a consultation with you if you find yourself in this situation. Absolutely. Call me. Leslie, I'll be happy to talk to you about what happened, and we can see what we can do to help you out. All right, we have time for one more question. I hate that we don't have time to cover all of them, but uh, the rest of these can be saved for another show. And this one comes from Frank in Cartersville, up there in 75, heading up towards uh, Tennessee. That's right. My family and I took a Okay, this is a long one, so... I'm glad you have it in front of you, Derek. Yeah, You've got it all is the a long one. Right, right. My family and I took a vacation to South Georgia to come uh, to visit some friends for spring break. As we were going to dinner one night, we were rear-ended at a red light by a drunk driver. We all had to go to the hospital by ambulance, but none of us had to be admitted. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since the wreck, and we are all still getting medical treatment, but back home here in Cartersville. He has several questions about the situation. Can you answer any of these for him? Uh, number one, can your firm help us with our case, even though the wreck happened in South Georgia? I'll take these piece by piece. Okay. Yeah, we, we'll go with that one first. So, uh, again, the, the wreck was in somewhere. He doesn't say specifically in South Georgia, but nonetheless, here in Georgia. And the answer is yes, absolutely. I can handle a claim anywhere in the state of Georgia without any problem whatsoever. Nowadays, a lot of things can be done by Zoom. Um, you know, we do Zoom hearings, we do Zoom depositions. I did a Zoom mediation on Friday of last week. So the answer is absolutely, I can handle the claim for you. Um, if I do have to file suit, not a problem. The vast majority of counties now allow the lawsuits to be filed online, and, and we can definitely do that, along with all the other pleadings, which would mean discovery requests and motions and those kind of things. Um, the only time I may have to head down to South Georgia uh, is if we do wind up filing suit there, assuming the defendant that caused the wreck lives in South Georgia, you do have to file suit in the county where the defendant resides. It would potentially mean traveling down there for either a deposition of the defendant or a hearing potentially or even the trial itself. Uh, but yes, absolutely. Call my office. I'll be happy to talk to you about you know what we can do to help you out, even though it occurred in South Georgia. All right, Derek. Though, let me ask you this. Is it a problem that their medical treatment was both in South Georgia and now back here in Cartersville? Not at all. Not at all. So it, it's obviously not uncommon if you're injured in a car wreck at the scene and they take you by ambulance. Uh, whether you're at home or you're on vacation, yeah, you're, you're going to have treatment somewhere away from home. And then, thankfully, you were able to come back and not uh, stay for any period of time in the hospital. Uh, so, yes, it, it's okay. You, you can treat wherever you medically need to treat. Um, it might have I might eventually have to take the doctor's depots there, uh, wherever it was in South Georgia. But that, again, can be done by Zoom. Uh, it'll prevent me from having to travel down there to do that. If we do have to go to trial, then likewise, the doctor potentially can testify in person there in the courtroom in South Georgia. Um, no one's going to expect you to wait if you're in a car wreck, you know, say to the officer or to the ambulance. I'm sorry, I don't want to go to the ambulance here. I'm, I don't live here. I'll wait till I go back home. You're going to go get the emergency medical treatment you need, and, and you should. Um, so once you've been released and you travel back home and, and pick up your treatment here, that's not a problem. Again, doctors can testify specifically about what they did to help you, whether it was there, here, or, or you know, if you continue to treat and you, you have to go out of town again, you pick back up again. And I want to warn folks, too, and you may want to go back to listen to a previous show because I've learned this as, as a listener of your show. If, if you refuse maybe service or don't want to be treated, so you, may, you may say, no, no, I'm fine, when really you're hurting. But the fact that you said, I'm fine, can be used against you. Absolutely. Right. And I'll also, too, kind of piggyback off of that, and that is to watch for gaps in treatment. 
a gap in treatment can be a very difficult thing to overcome as an attorney because if somebody's treated initially and they go, say, seven or eight days without any follow-up care and then they start back up again, and sometimes that gap could be a week or a couple of weeks, well, it becomes very difficult to draw the causal connection between the wreck itself and the need for continued care. So the longer that gap goes on, the more difficult it becomes to draw the connection between the two. So it's best to maintain a complete flow of treatment and avoid, uh, again, some of those pitfalls that come without uh, continued care. All right. Uh, Frank goes on to ask, uh, wants to know, does it matter that the other driver was drunk? Yes. Yes. We've covered this extensively in prior podcasts, and I'm glad he asked about that. A DUI is a very serious problem for the defendant, really for their insurance company as well. Uh, the DUI will allow a jury to award punitive damages, which are designed to punish the defendant for what we call egregious or very bad conduct. Uh, it allows a jury to give you more money, uh, sometimes substantially more money, depending on how severely hurt you were and really how drunk the other person was. It's really just additional compensation. Uh, things like her, their driving history, if they've had more than one DUI, uh, they've had, say, a reckless driving or a hit-and-run charge, those kind of things, also that's going to add to that punitive damage award. So the fact that they were drunk, absolutely, it heightens the, the need, quite frankly, for an attorney to be involved to, to emphasize those issues and to pursue that part of the claim. It can open a door really to find out more about where they had been. Uh, you know, if they'd gone to a restaurant, they'd gone to a bar, they were doing shots at the bar, shots at the restaurant, drinking you know, several beers or mixed drinks, and they continued to serve them. Well, it opens the door to dram shop cases. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about dram yeah. shop. That's where you're overserved. Uh, that could be a, a claim against a bar, a restaurant, or even a homeowner. If you've gone to a party at someone's home and you have been able to drink an awful lot and they knew or should have known that you were intoxicated and they allowed you to leave and you cause a wreck, well, they can also be held liable through Dram Shop for what's happened to the people they've hit and injured. All right, Derek. And the last question is kind of uh, unique here, a little odd maybe. Frank wants to know, He said, Frank says he tried to start a fight with me after the wreck. Does that matter? Yeah, I saw that part of the question. That was kind of weird. It's okay. not the first time I've heard that. In fact, I did have one where uh, someone pulled a gun, literally pulled a gun on my client after they wow. caused the wreck, uh, threatened them if they called the police, they were going to pay a price for it. Ooh. But little did they know that someone else that was at the same area at the same time called the police. So my client was in fear of their life. I mean, this has been some years ago. But yeah, the at wow. driver actually pulled a gun and pointed at my client who was injured and, and said, if you call the police, I'll, I'll shoot. So, again, thankfully they didn't shoot. But, it, you know, going back to, to the punitive damage aspect of this, if someone tries to start a fight after the wreck, then, yes, number one, don't engage, especially if they're intoxicated. I mean, that's they're belligerent, clearly an angry drunk, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. The last thing you want to do is open your door and step out and get involved in a fist fight there at the scene of the wreck because, uh, you know, not only you're going to have an issue with – an actual physical fight with someone but then the insurance company could claim your injuries were caused by the fight and that you were a mutual combatant uh, good point and that the wreck itself didn't cause the injuries the fact you took a punch to the face or the gut or whatever it may have been caused the injury so when the dui um, opened the door to punitive damage the added part of the the fight or the attempted fight um, the behavior after the wreck makes it even easier to to prove punitive damages and really make the jury angry with him uh, and I can assure you that a jury will be very anxious to punish someone like that because 
anybody sitting on that jury can imagine themselves or their wife or husband or children involved in, in a situation and somebody trying to fight them. It can also lead to criminal charges. You know, that has nothing to do with my part of this because I'm about compensation. The criminal aspect is about punishment, but they may truly pursue charges against them for assault or if they physically do hit you, a battery. Um, which, again, opens the door for punitive damages and, and makes it a lot easier from my standpoint to prove that to the insurance company. Um, so, again, the best thing you can do is either stay in your vehicle or if you've gotten out, get back in your vehicle, call 911, uh, let the authorities deal with that guy, let, you know, don't engage, um, just wait for that to, to get resolved. And um, you know, he's trying to take his troubles out on you. He's angry, but just don't engage. I want to thank Frank in Cartersville for that question. All those questions, though, I just hear them, and, and all I'm thinking is whether you're on the giving end or the receiving end of an accident, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hassle. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's why, quite frankly, attorneys do what we do. You know, the, the reality is insurance companies, and I've said this before probably even in podcasts, if insurance companies ever get religion and do what they're supposed to do, I want to have a job. If, if drivers if they actually did the right thing yeah, exactly and if drivers in georgia and again we're here in georgia if drivers in georgia ever learn how to drive i'm out of a job but right. i am not worried about either one of those things happening because unfortunately accidents do happen daily and insurance companies will never get religion but these are examples and i appreciate all those questions of why it's important to have an attorney involved and going back to what i said before call my office my consultation is always free I cannot go into specific answers for very good reasons. The, the bar does not allow me to give out specific legal advice to someone I don't represent. So, again, most of the, the answers are very general purposely. But when you call my office, we can talk specifics. We can talk about what I can do to help you out and pursue the claim on your behalf. And the website is Derek M. Hayes, H-A-Y-S dot com. That's where you can not only get the phone number, which is 404-777-HERT, which is, by the way, a great job getting that phone number. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it worked out well. Um, but uh, that's the website where you can go, and, and there's a, a tab you can click on. It says podcast, and you can actually submit a question that we can answer here on the program. Yeah. And also, too, I want to, before you go to the rest of this, um, go to my, my Facebook pages, the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. You can also go to Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, a Facebook page there, submit questions. Uh, also, too, we're on Twitter, you know, all the, the social media outlets. And, and again, just reach out to me. We have a chat feature on my website. So you can submit a question and you get an immediate answer. If you do submit a question about a potential case, I will be the personal, uh, personally the one calling you to follow up with you to see if there's something I can help you with. So reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk to you. I'm sure Lita's listening, and we hope yes. everybody gets well at your household, Lita, and I'm sure she'll be back for the very next show. We just kind of had our little man cave show today. That's right. But uh, Lita, I'm sure we'll be back next time. Do you want to have any uh, any final thoughts for Lita? Any, any message you want to pass on to her? Yeah, it's kind of awkward not having her here. Again, it's the first time she's not hosted my show. I'm not kissing you after the show no, either. No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But we do at least have Amanda here in the studio, so it's not just an all-guys show well that's, that's so, true <laughs> amanda behind the board for us today want to thank amanda for producing the show also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us here on injury insider with Derek hayes presented by status home design and the law office of Derek m hayes don't forget that you can enjoy any of these episodes anytime by going to businessradiox.com selecting the gwinnett studio and then clicking on injury insider with Derek hayes also, you can go to DerekMHayes.com, select the podcast tab, and he's got a list of 
almost, what, two years now worth of shows right, right there. Uh, pretty much covers anything you can think of. This program is also available on Apple iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. For Amanda and for Derek and for Lita, I'm Mike, and we'll see you next time right here on Injury Insider on Business Radio X.